Hello, sci-fi fans. This is Alistair, and you're mm, you're just listening to the sweet and tasty sounds of the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Live long and prosper. Bad feeling about this. I'm tired of turning away from the things that I want to believe in. This is gonna get pretty interesting. Define interesting. Oh God, oh God, we're all gonna die? Only try to realize the truth. There is no spoon. Did I fall asleep? For a little while. You are listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. And now, from the end of the universe, bringing you the latest in science fiction movies and television shows, here are your hosts. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, the place where we are going to be discussing our favorite sci-fi movies tonight. It's going to be awesome. My name's Scott Herzog. Hello, I am Miles P. McLaughlin. And I am Tom Dunlap. Tom Dunlap is with us tonight. Welcome, Tom. First time in the show. We nearly had you on a show earlier, but you skipped out on what was it, Star Trek? Were you supposed to see Star Trek or was it yeah. the uh, or was it the big blue penis man you were supposed to see? I think it was uh, the big blue penis man and Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. those Watchmen or something you were supposed yeah. to see. Did you ever see Watchmen then? No. I uh, wound up taking a nap for that one. Okay. Yeah, well, so it was something like that. Well you could have come to the theater and took it, taken a nap. So or something like that. But uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, like a good time. Anyways, welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner tonight. Uh, if you have listened to the show for some time and, and have not yet left us feedback in iTunes, we would love to have your feedback in iTunes. We, we don't often ask for that, do we, Miles? No, it, we do not, but we would love a five-star review. You know, it, it really helps us become more visible. You know, I know that when I listen to a podcast or I'm, when I'm going through and just finding a podcast for the first time, I'm looking for, I'm looking to see what other people have rated this podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm looking actually for three things. I look at to see, obviously, what genre, you know, I'm looking for maybe the graphic. I'm looking for the reviews. And then when was the last time it was updated? Mm -hmm. So those are really the three things I look for. I don't, what do you look for when you look for a podcast, Miles? Honestly, I, I usually don't look at iTunes for podcasts. There's just things I know I'm interested in. And I just, you know, Look for it. Um, and so maybe people are recommending it, or some other. that's that's it. Recommendations usually, or yeah. things I'm familiar with. And I, like I heard oh, that now they're doing podcasts now. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I know you, you heard of. Uh, um, there were some podcasts I know you mentioned that you'd heard of from other people. So right. Anyways, if you uh, have the chance, please leave us reviews on iTunes. It would be great. We would love to have your input into it, and your feedback is valuable. Even if you do not use iTunes, I would encourage you to come to our website at thesci-fi-diner.com and you know, read the show notes. We have some great stuff. In fact, tonight, there's going to be a lot more information in the show notes on the uh, sci-fi-diner.com site than there will be in the, in what we're going to give you tonight because of the way we're formatting the show. And we would love to have you come there, visit it, read it, and leave comments. You know, share your thoughts on what we're talking about, what we said, whether you agree, disagreed. We would love to hear from you on that and just what you think about the podcast. You can always email us at too at the sci-fi-diner-podcast at gmail.com. That's a new email, by the way. But we're trying to link it in with our title of our show, which is a bit better than Zogpod was. If you send it to Zogpod, it'll still get there. But 
Oh, by the way, uh, another piece of show news before we actually get into tonight's topics, and that is we've the past two episodes we have released, probably more my doing than Miles or Tom's, uh, in, in, we have released uh, two feeds, a, a iPod-friendly feed, which will play on any iPod player. Um, I think the Zunes as well. But uh, also um, an MP3 feed. Uh, want to know your thoughts on it, please either email us again. You can call us, one 888 And that'll also, <coughs> we love to hear your thoughts on it. You can you know, send the information to us on Twitter. And, of course, uh, my Twitter handle is Herzog, H-E-R-T-Z-O-G. There's also a Sci-Fi Diner Twitter now. Interesting. Yep, yep. so you can also leave the message there as well if you want. and uh, Or you can hit Son of Wharf, right? I'm Son of Wharf at Twitter. I also have an account on Trickspace. Yep, and all those things will get the, that information. We want to know what you think of this, whether it bothers you, whether you really care or not. Uh, whether this is an answer to your prayers because you have an MP3 player that doesn't play the iPod-friendly feed, we want your we want we just want to know. I'm going to release them here for the next couple of episodes and see what uh, feedback I get and and maybe make a decision to continue that or not. Uh, we'll still be continuing the iPod feed, which is what we typically have done, mm-hmm. but most players can still play that. Tonight's agenda: we have tons of news. We have news on Warehouse 13, the Fantastic Four. What else with Oh Marvel and Disney? That whole deal and our thoughts on that. Uh, Star Trek Universe, and we have an interview with um, Jonathan Sheck, I believe this is the way he pronounces his name, who has done Quarantine and a bunch of other genre sci-fi thriller horror type movies, and we'll be talking to him a little bit <coughs> later on. And of course, tonight we are discussing our top five science fiction movies of all time, right? Right. So, and uh, we have some qualifications for that, and uh, it's one of the reasons Tom's on board tonight. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's laughing because he's such a huge sci-fi fan. The, the reality is, if you show up to my house on a night we're podcasting, you're podcasting with us. That's just the way it is. And that's when uh, Tom just happened to be here, and he's now uh, podcasting about science fiction, so... I'll have to, you know, show up every time you're doing yeah. this now. So if you if you see Tom, if you see Tom uh, fall asleep, uh, or you hear him fall asleep, you know, uh, we'll wake him up. So <laughs> the, the joke is that any time it used to be, uh, whenever uh, Tom would come over, we would watch what was it, Stargate, I guess, and uh, Doctor Who, Stargate SG One. Yeah, and we, so Tom would come over like after a real long day at work, and he, you know, sit down and watch, we're watching Stargate, and we're into it, and and you know, five minutes later, Tom's out. Just He's out for the count. He's <laughs> out for the count. All, the, all over the place. But anyway, so that's on the agenda tonight. Let's move into our trivia for this week. We have some good, good uh, trivia from last week. What was our trivia question last week? Last week, uh, since we had some Smallville news, we had asked the question, what was the school newspaper? Now, this is going back several seasons ago um, when Clark and his friends were still in high school. But what was the school newspaper that Clark and Chloe uh, put out together. And, of course, the prize for this was we were giving away of Season 3, a a Season 3 Smallville. Right. Right. So then our winner this week is Ben Martin. So Ben will be contacting you to give you your Season 3 of Smallville. Smallville. So, All right. And now for our next week in trivia, our next week's trivia question is a Warehouse 13 trivia question, and our prize is going to be, we're going to be giving away a copy of Justice League. That's the title of the DVD. I believe it must have been the first movie that was released. It has some great stuff on it, so if you're interested in it... It'll say the first episode, or first 
couple episodes yeah. of Justice League when they first put it out a couple of years yeah. ago. It, I've seen it. It's great. So it is. It is. Like it. You know, the back says the greatest superheroes of all time team up to battle the truth, justice, and freedom in the first Justice League movie, Secret Origins. Martian Manhunter comes to Earth to warn of the impending alien invasion with the help of Superwoman and Batman. He enlists the world's greatest heroes. So it's the first movie. It's the one that kind of started it off, and we are giving a copy away tonight. It's the same you. people who put out the animated Batman, animated Superman series. Yeah, and they're, they're really well done. It's really, quality, yeah, quality yeah. stuff. So let's get to our question. Okay, in Warehouse 13 this past week, um, you may remember Claudia uh, did something to um, get herself in some serious trouble and get on Artie's bad side. Um, uh, for for uh, Claudia's punishment, what did Artie make Claudia write? Very good, very mm-hmm. good. If you know this question if you follow warehouse 13 you can probably even look this up online i'm betting if you want to prove your geek cred in this show you got to get that answer to us you can email that to us at the sci-fi diner podcast at gmail.com call us at 1-888-508-4343 i can never figure out if i'm saying enough eights there and also just contact miles and i on twitter which we gave those a little bit earlier and we'll give those at the end of the show again well, that's it for our trivia, okay. and we're going to move into the bulk of the show. Before we do that, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to hear about our friends in Australia talking about their Aussie Geek podcast. Cool. The Aussie Geek podcast brings you the best from the world of technology. Each week, Dave, Kate, and Keith, the token Canadian, bring you the highlights from the week's technology news, along with great software finds and the best of the web. The geeks are joined by friends of the show who bring their own unique and global perspectives on the world of technology and the way we live in it. Join us each week for the Aussie Geek Podcast. Subscribe today in iTunes or visit us at AussieGeekPodcast.com. The Aussie Geek Podcast. Bloody awesome tech. Welcome back to the show. Tonight we are going to be doing something a little different. Um, we're going to be doing something a little bit different with our news. We're going to be trying to do all our news in about 10 minutes. Normally we spread it out over half an hour and we focus on TV, movies, and DVDs. But we have about 10 news stories here. and We're going to try and do it in about 10 minutes because we want to get into the bulk of our discussion and then our interviews. So it's kind of a four-part podcast. And uh, hopefully, and there'll be much more information on our website regarding all these news stories that we're going to give you. So this is, we're calling this a news flash, the quick headlines that came up over this past week. Summer 2009 set a U.S. box office record. Um, It's no surprise. I mean, um, a lot of good movies this summer. And you and I talked about this before, about why people are going to the movies and Maybe because the economy's been as as bad as it has been. Instead of people going on vacations, people are going to go see movies. Oh, absolutely. And the the big thing about it was that eight of these movies were genre films. Mm-hmm. Now, let's let's run down through the list, and we're going to talk about how many of them that we've actually seen. We'll just do this briefly here. Number one was Transformers, coming in at $400 million. How many? Uh, did you I've see it? it? You, yeah. saw, you saw Revenge? Great movie. Yeah, it was a good movie, and you mm-hmm. saw it? I saw it, enjoyed yeah, so it, we too. we all saw that one. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Didn't see it. Didn't don't see know. it. Nope. Um, might see it maybe in video, but that came in uh, almost, almost $100 million under the other uh, under Revenge of the Frog. Up, which I wanted to see and ended up not seeing, came in at $290 million. Mm-hmm. Did you see Up? No, I heard it was a really good movie, but 
it was both happy and sad. They said the beginning started out sad and yeah, ended but, sad. So. Yeah, the beginning is like a, supposedly 10 minutes of tear jerkiness, whatever it is. Uh, the Hangover, which was not genre. Did you see Hangover? Yeah, I saw the Hangover. <laughs> <laughs> not sci-fi either. Not sci-fi, but uh, that's where Tom was at with at that one. Uh, Star Trek came in at number five. We were, of course, happy about that. Two hundred and fifty million. I'm very happy about that. So very cool with that. Ice Age, another genre one. Dawn of the Dinosaurs, playing in with the animation. Two animated movies up there this summer at two hundred million. Saw the first two. Want to see this one? Oh, it was excellent. I loved you, it. I you mean, did. I was laughing the whole yeah, time. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, what can you, Ray Romano is just great in these things. I love him as a. I, I like him as an actor and of mm-hmm. course the Ray Romano show but then I this was very very cool of course X-Men Origins Wolverine I did not see this yeah I don't know I, I watched it twice you, oh, so you like that yeah, one it's... it was it was a good one you know people people came out and said oh it's not that great it's like but it did well at the box office do you remember people were kind of downing this movie yeah and uh, it ended up coming out really well so I'm really really you know, it's, it's still it's still interesting that it, it did so at the box office considering it got released illegally. Oh, yeah. Um, right. You know, days or weeks before the release. Yeah, yeah. about two weeks prior, they released, there was a, a copy was leaked and people watched it, but people still went and saw the finished version of it. So. And they're talking sequel. Sequel, yeah. Wolverine in Japan coming out. Night at the Museum, Battle for the Smithsonian, or of the Smithsonian, brought in $175 million. That all, I, I did not see it, but it's one I might want to rent. Probably. First one was great. I'll probably see it when it comes yeah. out. The Proposal, which I did not see. Did you see it? yeah. Chick flick, yeah. chick flick. And then he had chick flick, and uh, did did the chick drag you there, Tom? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then angels and demons, which I have not seen, but do want to see because I enjoyed the first one, the Da Vinci Code. I read the book. Angels and Demons was a great book. So, uh, yeah. So I'm looking for it. And Dan Brown, by the way, has a new book coming out. Um, I should look at. Uh, Tom from Twitter is going to hate me because he just told me the title of it and I can't remember it right mm-hmm. off the bat. But he's coming out with a new book, I believe, September 15th. Okay. So, so another Dan Brown book that we're looking for. So that's our, uh, well, that's not our news. We're, that's just the first piece. Boy, we got to keep moving here. Fox is rebooting the Fantastic Four. Your thoughts on this, Miles? No surprise. The first two were great. Uh, it's, it's, it should be a good moneymaker. Tom, did you see any of the first two? Mm, watch the first Fantastic Four. Yeah. Great. But... You know, people loved the first one. I heard the second one kind of got mediocre reviews. I wasn't sure. I'm kind of surprised at the rebooting it. I mean, this isn't that, again, it's one of these movies that's not that old. Oh, so this is a reboot. I didn't hear that. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's Fox is rebooting oh, the Fantastic okay. Four. So probably different a- actors. Different actors, and it's going to be. I think it's set for a three film arc. I think what they're looking at. Interesting. According to the news story, Warehouse Thirteen ratings are set again. Set again, another sci-fi record. That's Episode Six. It's like the third or fourth week. It's oh, been it's, it. it's been record record. This is this is truly a hit for sci-fi. And you know why I think it's a hit for sci-fi? I think that. For once, this is a show on sci-fi that is hitting the mainstream. Mm-hmm. I believe that when, like, my wife will sit down and watch this with me, and she's not a huge sci-fi fan, but she she loved the X Files, she loved Firefly, Smallville, and this is stuff that plays network television. And for all reality, Warehouse Thirteen could be a network television show. I'm, I'm happy for its success. I love the show. Yeah, yeah I, I'm really looking forward. And you haven't seen it, right? No, uh, no. But uh, it's it's really a it's really a good good show, and and we of course believe highly in it highly recommend it new stargate universe trailer we of course are anticipating the release of stargate october 2nd the two hour premiere i believe it is so that's coming up in about less than a month now and there's a new trailer out we'll put the link to that in our show notes you'll be able to watch it on our show page as well are you going to be watching stargate universe 
I plan to, yes. Now, you are not. Did, 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 did <coughs> you? Yeah, I, I watched uh, Stargate Atlantis. I really okay. like that. Yeah. Um, Universe looks good. Did you see, uh, did you see SG-1? You weren't as into, into I wasn't in, as into the SG-1 as yeah. I was. Yeah, those um, are the ones you slept through, right? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, Tron Legacy, of course. We talked about Tron, and there was tons of buzz about this at the end of July when Comic-Con came and went, that they released a trailer for it. And we still have a while to wait, guys, but December 17th, 2010 is looking good. Uh, so that's when the release date is set, and I'm looking forward to it. Should be a good movie. I, I don't know. I mean, how I feel about it. I'm a, I mean, I never saw the first one, so. So you don't have the nostalgia. I, I I saw it one time, and probably I probably couldn't watch it again because it was fairly dated when I saw it. Mm-hmm. But I saw it on laser disc. That, go, that goes back. <laughs> <laughs> Laser just how quaint. Yeah, it is. You know, uh. you know the big DVDs. They still make. I, they don't make them anymore. Although the picture and sound quality in laser discs. Right, right. Star Trek, of course, returns to the IMAX for a two-week limited engagement. So they're bringing it back to the IMAX. It's almost worth going to see that again, just to see it on the IMAX. I may have to go do that. Yeah, I don't know if I'll make it, but I would <laughs> love to certainly. Twilight Saga: New Moon tickets are now on sale. If you care about that, I did not see the first one yet, although. I kind of want to, and I, I probably I want to see the second one more, more because we interviewed Chris, uh, Christopher Heyerdahl, Heyerdahl, who's who plays uh, Marcus in it, and uh, so I'm looking forward to that just to see him. Yeah, that would be yeah, me too. And that would be the only reason I see it. But it seems like tickets are going on insanely early. That movie's like two months out. We have Avatar tickets on sale already, three months out. Uh, why do you think they're doing this? Why why are they? Like I know I know movies used to put on, you know tickets on sale about a month out, but this seems to be stretching it. Yeah, am I wrong? I, I, I'm I'm baffled by it too. I mean, are they anticipating there would be, you know, that much demand for it ahead of time? I don't know. Yeah, I, I absolutely have no idea. Uh, and in, in line with Twilight, of course, Stephanie Meyer's Twilight gained fame as being the most pirated fiction of 2009. What what to be known for? <laughs> I know. Uh, you know. I tell you what. That's probably not good for Stephanie Meyer. She's trying to earn some bucks off of it. But she's it was, not hurting. Yeah, she's certainly not hurting anyway. <laughs> but, uh, you know but, you uh, made it if your stuff's being pirated. It's one, one of the biggest ones to be downloaded off of the BitTorrents. Mm-hmm. was a big big one for that. Uh, Terminator Salvation, this is going to be exciting for us, of course, that the it's coming to Blu-ray and DVD, and we will have that in our store, mysci-fi-store.com. And uh, it's coming to Blu-ray and DVD as an R-rated movie. Now, we discussed this when the movie came out. Yeah. Every other Terminator movie... But the most current one was rated R. That was, yeah. And we thought maybe just to make them get more kids in the theater or something. And they were selling yeah. Terminator toys in the toy, toy yeah. section. Then again, that didn't seem to matter for Watchmen when they had, you know, kids in there. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, there's like, you know, four-year-olds sitting in front of us and there's a big guy standing with a big blue penis in front of us. You know, whatever. Yeah, that was too, that was a little much. Yeah, I was a bit disturbed. And it was, I mean, some of the brutal killings and this stuff, like, fine. If you want to see that as an adult or... You know, fine. If you're older teen, great. But, you know, four-year-old, five-year-old, give me a break. The movie theater was not doing its job. No, it definitely was not. Anyways, Terminator Salvation is definitely going to be a little bit better. Uh, Did you see the Terminator Salvation in the movie theater? I did. You did. Mm -hmm. Did you see it? You did no. not. Did you see any of the Terminator <coughs> movies? No. Okay, so you haven't seen those. But I know that you're a huge fan of the Miles. And um, Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll rent it when it comes out. I definitely will rent it because I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. I need to see it. New Astro Boy trailer is out, and that we'll have that, of course, in our show notes on the uh, sci-fi-diner.com. But uh, thoughts on this? You going to go see it? 
I'm not familiar with Astro Boy, so... Yeah, very... Uh, only by name and reputation only. The trailer looks good, but don't trailers usually look good? So oh, they we'll show see the best what, stuff first. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. And, of course, our last piece of news, and the biggest piece of news this week, is Disney bought Marvel. Thoughts wow. on this, Miles? Um, wow. Um, Tom? <laughs> yeah, whoa. Definitely, yeah, look, definitely not expected. Yeah, you know, kind of came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Disney is notorious for keeping their negotiations kind of under wrap and, you know, whatever. But uh, it did. It kind of came out of nowhere and, you know, and uh, surprised people. So, yeah, I would like to know, like, I mean, Universal Studios has has at their theme parks uh, Marvel-type themes in their rides and attractions. So I, I'm curious how that's going to play out. I mean, did, did Disney buy a chunk out of Universal or, I mean... Yeah, and, and you know, I don't know. Does the, who owns Universal right now? That would be a, and I don't know that. Right. And um, quite possibly Disney could. They own a lot of stuff. But my guess is that I can't imagine them requiring them to take the rides down and stuff. I mean, yeah, I can't. I mean, there has to be some sort. Of, there has to be some sort of license that when they bought the company, those license rights transferred with. Is my guess. Mm-hmm. So that's my guess with it. So I'll be interested to see how it plays out. Yeah, but we can expect Super Mickey. Spider Mini, and and a ton of other the Incredible stuff. Duck. I yeah, mean, I mean, come on, a ton of stuff's going to be coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like I said, Ariel and uh, Wolverine get married. I can right, see right, it. Yep. Uh, totally, totally, I'm it's totally there. It. So that's that's it for news, mm-hmm. and that's we did it in about ten minutes, oh, about right. a little bit over that. So very good. Uh, well, let's take a short break, and when we get back, we are going to talk about our top five sci-fi movies of all time. Excellent. Welcome back after our short break here. Uh, it was actually a little bit of a longer break. Most of it was spent me, with me trying to come up with my fifth movie on my list of top five sci-fi movies, which, of course, is our topic tonight. And why don't we, uh, we'll just go around the room here and uh, talk about our top five. Any of you want, young chaps want to go first? And uh, here's a criteria. We eliminated superhero movies. And we did that because we probably could sit here and easily come up with our top five superhero movies that might be a topic for another show. I, I agree. So, yeah. uh, so we said sci-fi fantasy, that's kind of where we put it at. I guess there's sci-fi horrors kind of included in there sometimes, but there's no horror on my list. I know I'm not a huge horror fan. And uh, Do you watch much horror, Tom? No. no not really you, you don't either. Um, not a lot, no. no. If none of you want to go first. I'll, I'll go first. first. Okay, great. Miles. Miles, you're up. And if you can tell us a little bit uh, I guess start at five. I'll start at number five and, 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 and maybe tell us a little bit about why it's on the list. Because there are there are tons of sci-fi movies out there that yeah. could go on this list. Uh, number five is Total Recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, that was a good one. Um, yeah. a, you did see that yeah, one. Yeah, I did see I that I thought one. you didn't see any other Schwarzenegger movies. <laughs> you know. Sci-fi. Okay, Total Recall. Go ahead. Um, yes, a, a great action movie, but it was also good sci-fi. dealt with Mars. Was her life on Mars at one time, but also the idea of, <coughs> excuse me, um, Schwart- Schwarzenegger's character, uh, his personality was imprinted. It wasn't his original personality, so it dealt with all those kind of issues. So he was the original doll. That maybe, maybe that's where uh, Whedon got inspiration. Yeah, who knows? But go ahead. Uh, so, um, yeah, Total Recall, great movie. A um, bit dated now, if you watch it. It was back. It's twenty years ago. Right, right. I just, yeah. I, I actually just watched a segment of it. Pretty brutal. 
times because we were oh, watching yeah. it. We were watching it on TV, and I'm like with my dad and my brother, and we're like watching this guy get, you know, some guy gets his head his head rammed through, and some of the killings are pretty brutal. But yeah, I was like ten years old when I yeah. watched it. <laughs> Scarred for life. <laughs> Explains a lot, Tom. Go ahead. Uh, helps to desensitize. Uh, my fourth movie was uh, uh, Star Star Wars: Empire Strikes Back. Um, in the original trilogy, out of those three, that probably is the best one in my opinion. It, it, you know, it put our, our heroes in really bad situations and seeing them how they get out of it, or you know, maybe even don't get out of it. Um, it's Star Wars. Um, we got introduced to Yoda. We got introduced to Lando Calrissian. We got introduced to Boba Fett um, and the Emperor. And the Emperor. I mean, yeah. uh, so we got introduced to a lot of characters we end up seeing in the third in the third film. Um, third third. Uh, favorite is Serenity, uh, based on uh, the TV show Firefly. Love these characters. It it, it was um, so it was a chance to bring sort of the show back, but bring it on the big screen. Great story behind it. <clears throat> it was a little kind of low budget by today's standards, but you you get so wrapped up into it that you don't think about you know you know some maybe maybe some of this the uh, CGI or whatever because there's it's just such a great story behind it. So oh, a great character development in that way. And especially if you were a fan of the show, you knew it was like coming home and seeing familiar faces. Exactly. Seeing old friends and family again. Yeah. Um, a little dark. Um, it was, you know. Very dark. Yeah, it was very dark. Borderline so, horror at places. Yeah, that's true. I mean, especially when they're with the Reavers and they're on mm-hmm. Earth or whatever it is. You know, just ex- excellent sci fi film. I remember when it came out, people were saying, this is even better than Star Wars. Uh, um, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, and it, it came out on the heels. Was it over? Was it on the heels of Revenge of the Sith? Yeah, it came out in September of that of of that year. It was out. So, so you know, Revenge of the Sith had come out. It was a summer movie. Well, Revenge of the Sith came out in May. Yeah, yeah. So there was a huge summer. There was another movie that came out about the same time that kind of overshadowed it. I mm-hmm. think didn't do great at the box office, but it yeah. still got a lot of good critical acclaim. Yeah. Uh, number two is Terminator, the first one. This is very da- maybe dated by today's standards. It was back in '84. Came out. However, it you know, still a very and this is kind of a full uh, genre of horror because you know, you have you know a monster bad guy that's a robot, but you know chasing you know trying to kill this woman. <coughs> we got entered, I mean, It was one of Schwarzenegger's big breaks. I mean, he had done Conan, but this was really I think his breakout movie was right. was Terminator. Uh, Little Hamilton was in it. Uh, Michael Bain. Uh, you know, Great action, uh, but there's a lot of um, a lot of pathos in this movie. I mean, it was just this was a, this was during the time you know just before the Cold War ended. So this was very you know realistic. You know, you know are we going to nuke each other? Well, in this future, you know, in this movie, well, we did, but the, it wasn't you know America or the U.S. that did it. It was you know it was it was Skynet that did it. Right. Um, so number two for Terminator. I could talk about it all night if I want to. Right. And this real quick question. Did you see the Terminator movies, Tom? Uh, I seen the first one. Okay, so uh, you did. Never went into the second, third. Yeah. I've been in the second, never saw the third. We talked about it some we'll one of the other podcasts. The Rise of the Machines did not. And I haven't seen Salvation, but that's definitely one that's on my list mm-hmm. to see. But anyways, go ahead. Uh, and my number one uh, sci-fi movie is uh, Star Trek uh, Wrath of Khan. Many fans will agree with me this is probably the best out of all the uh, Star Trek films. Mm-hmm. Reasons why I liked it. Well, it came about a year or two after the first film, and the first film they spent a lot of money on it, but it was not really centered on the characters. And it was not. It was just very stale. The first film, and so this this movie basically, uh, you know, we talk about Star Trek Eleven breathing new life mm-hmm. to the franchise. 
back then, Star Trek II, Rathacon breathed new life into the franchise. It, it reinvigorated, you know, all their careers at the time. Mm. Um, it was based, it was on one of, the, one of the episodes from the original TV series. Um, it brought back the humor that we enjoyed in, in the original series. Uh, great character moments. It was the one very emotional moment where Spock dies at the end. But we oh, know they, but they know they bring him back. So I, well, they hinted that too. They give the hint at the end of the. They do, and it was it, what's interesting about that one at the time. Leonard Nimoy would want to be done with Star Trek, and so then uh, was, later on he had second thoughts about. So no, I'm, I may want to come back. Maybe we, we could find a way to do it out, or our way to you know br- bring Spock back if we can. So, um, but at the time it wasn't you know, you know I know all the sequels came out at, shortly after each other, but. It wasn't always known whether they, they would do a sequel at the time, mm-hmm. so, um, so yeah, Rathacon, Star Trek, uh, probably my favorite uh, sci-fi movie of all time. Well, and they really, uh, they really lend themselves. I just got done. I was telling Miles earlier before the show that I'm in the process of working my way through all ten movies. I have a movie and a half to go, and I'll be through all ten Star Trek movies before they, the first five, six really lend themselves to follow in sequence. We really do yeah. have a continuing story in spite of the uncertainty. Yeah, two, three, and four almost feel like one movie because they take place right around the events around the same time. Right, but so, um, and there's references to them in the movies mm-hmm. and so on, so it really works well. Mm-hmm. But, Tom, why don't you go next and give us your top <coughs> five, starting with the fifth and working your way up. All right, the fifth. Well. Choice here. I wrote down five of sci-fi movies that I know. <laughs> <laughs> so what, these are his top five sci-fi movies because there's only five sci-fi movies he's, he's ever watched. That's yeah. not really true. Uh, but. Maybe not, but it's close. <laughs> um, so the fifth one, uh, as I'm sitting here looking at the list, I would probably have to say my fifth one would be uh, Demolition Man. Yeah, I know um, you mentioned that. That's not one I've seen. Now, who's in that one? Uh, that would be Sylvester Stallone. Yep. Sandra Bullock. Um, Sandra Bullock. Uh, <coughs> um, Rob Schneider from Rob, Silent, yeah. You know. yeah, oh, so, well, there's a lot of notables in that yeah, one. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot of notables, but it's it's just like... Oh, um, Wesley Snipes. Wesley he's Snipes, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's the bad guy. But uh, it's, it's like a lot of these uh, sci-fi movies, you know, as, as I'm sitting here going through. I didn't realize they were even what we would consider sci-fi movies, you know. I'm not a big movie buff. But... Um, like a lot of the movies today, you know, Demolition Man is a futuristic movie. You know, we want to see what's going on in the future. You know, we want these ideas and such. And, you know, the fact that they, like, cryogenically freeze Sylvester Stallone and, you know, I don't know how realistic it would be even if they would bring him back to take care of one bad guy. You know, chances that happen, mm. Probably not, but... But the moment you mention cryogenic, you're like, ooh, that's sci-fi. It has yeah. to be. Mm-hmm. Unless you're Walt Disney. Unless you're Walt Disney. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> because he's cryogenically frozen somewhere. But um, Number four would probably have to go to... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go Fifth Element for number four. You know, that was a great That was movie. I, I, I enjoyed Fifth Element, too. That almost should have been on my list, hmm. but it didn't make it. All right, that's one of those movies that, honestly, you know, the sci-fi thing, it doesn't do anything for me. And I've watched that, and I was just... Amazed, you know, very well done. Uh, what is it, Chris Rock in that? No, it's Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker, Chris Tucker. that's well, right. Uh, the, the way he is, <laughs> he was he's taxi, isn't he the taxi guy, taxi driver? Yeah. No, Chris Tucker was like that, uh, like DJ, like sort of. Oh, you know. that's right, that's right. <laughs> 
Right. And Bruce Willis is in that one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Bruce and, the, and, and, the, and the girl from uh, Resident Evil. Yep. Uh, Mila Javovich. Yeah, she, of course, has Whiteout, which is her newest movie coming out in just a week or two. So. Okay. Yeah, beyond, you know, that's, an, that's another movie that's just beyond amazing also. Futuristic. Um, number three, I'm going to have to go with Independence Day. Uh, I can remember that coming out on... Well, actually, it was supposed to come out on July 4th, and I remember they pre-released it July 3rd. Uh, the reason why I remember that so well is because I was uh, working up in Lancaster City, and when they announced that, my uncle's like, we're closing the shop, we're going to see this. <laughs> <laughs> so we closed up, and we went to see the movie, and it, and it was just a beyond amazing movie. I mean, it's it's a movie that... Um, I think that it is, it's a bit of human nature for us to to want to see that, you know... We have this big bad guy coming in or these aliens coming in trying to take over us and we're fighting for our freedom again. Yeah. You know, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, I guess, desire to see that type of a thing, that freedom. There are some real good human elements in that. One of the things that made Independence Day work was you had romance, you had action, you had humor, and you had these three combined into a, a science fiction flick that was set on Earth and you know, and it also really spoke to. It really showed what would human beings do if we were placed in that situation. And you really saw all sorts of human elements. You know, people being bizarre and welcoming them. Yep. The next person hiding under a desk. Uh, people rioting. People thinking just for themselves. I mean, you really saw the gamut of humanity. I remember seeing that one. Uh, it was a my bachelor party we went to that one it was it was you know <laughs> it was still out in theaters in august and you know for my bachelor party the guys i was with we went and saw independence day for part of that and it was just uh i was, I was amazed and i've watched it numerous times since then so i'm glad you had that on your list yeah i think that was uh probably will smith's probably a real breakout role that's probably how it kind career. of almost spawned the summer blockbuster thing it was one of the mm-hmm. big ones one of the first big summer blockbusters that kind of put things in motion of course we had uh uh, Jeff Goldblum in that one, and uh, Bill mm-hmm. Pullman, and and actually uh, Mary uh, Mary who was uh, Mary McDonald uh, from was, uh, Battlestar Galactica yeah, was in it. Whatever. Also, Adam Baldwin was in that. Yes, and um, and Vanessa, who's the dark? Vanessa. Oh, um, Vivica Fox. Vivica Fox. Yeah, she was in it. A ton of good actors cast in this little. Uh, Randy Quaid. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just some really good stuff. Yeah. I'm glad it's yeah. on your list. It's number three, right? Number three. What's number two? Number two is Transformers Two. Yeah, I saw it this this past summer, just absolutely liked it, it better than the first one. Um, yeah, uh, I did. Uh, the first one I watched at home, didn't watch it in the <coughs> theater. You know, it was one of those where that was during the time when I did nothing but work. You know, now I have time to sit around. And watch <laughs> right, movies. right, right. Tom um, is gainfully unemployed, and he's okay with that. <laughs> oh, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> he's enjoying. But it. you're a student, though. So. But I'm a yeah, student, so. Is, but but you are enjoying it. It probably made a difference to watch that in the theater. Yeah, it made a big difference, actually. I, originally, I wouldn't say, you know, sometimes I don't feel like the theater makes it much of a difference, but now I'm starting to see it makes a huge difference. Especially with Transformers. Yeah, Transformers was just, it, once again, it's the storyline that really caught my attention. Uh, also, the cars. I, I love cars. Right, right. So, so that helps. You know, nothing, nothing like a Camaro. <laughs> right, right, right. And your number one? And my number one, I'm going to go with Wally. Wally. And the reason why I'm going to go with Wally for number one, as I sat here and looked at all of them, I'm going to go with Wally for number one because it's like the first, what is it, the first 15, 20 minutes of the movie where there's no actual human interaction. Like, there's no speaking. It's all noise and animation and 
and yet it keeps you intrigued and attached the whole time. Yeah. And to think how hard that has to be to actually do that. But then also you look at the movie and you look at the way we are today and uh, the movie had a lot of really valid points. You know how we get used to being lazier and lazier and you know, what's going to happen eventually here. So, yeah, we know it, it certainly, uh, it certainly did speak a lot to society. I enjoyed that movie a lot. And I saw it. Too. I saw it. I think I've seen it twice now and both times I've enjoyed it. Didn't make my top five, but it's a good movie. I'm glad that we have at least have one animated movie of somewhere on our list here. So it was interesting that movie, I thought the movie was geared towards kids, but really it spoke to adults. And it just, was uh, it was an adult themed movie. Yeah. When saying that, not not in a not in any uh, adult pleasurable way per se, no, but as far as the message, when I mean kids are going to say, "Oh, this is a cute robot movie. I like this," but but the adults are going to be picking up and saying. Hey, there's some there's a, Pixar's right. speaking to it's us. It's gonna make us think, and yeah. and that was the thing, you know. I, I watched it because it was like you know my nieces and my nephews, and yet I watch it. And I'm sitting here going, wow, yeah. you know, it's very well written. So yeah, we look at how we become more of a sedentary, uh, sedentary, sedentary yeah. uh, society where you know, okay, I'm teaching, I'm up on my feet, you know, I'm sitting at my desk behind behind a computer part of the time for that, and. Uh, not a lot going on there, but uh, so not a lot of physical labor, and so that's a dying breed for some of us. So, mm-hmm. but all right, my top five. Let's hear it. Yep. My top five. Go. I'm going to go with number five, and this is the one I debated for a while putting on here. Um, I am not near the Trekkie that Miles is, but uh, I enjoy Star Trek, and I really enjoyed Star Trek Eleven. And uh, I've been going through all the movies and have enjoyed them, but probably because I didn't grow up with them. I didn't put any of the others on the list. Um, but uh, Star Trek Eleven just had some great... I, I felt like it was it was fun. Mm-hmm. It was action-packed. It was intriguing. It was great to see Spock back in the screen again. Uh, the actors were extremely cast well. Um, the visual effects were amazing in spite of the lens flare. Yeah. And uh, I loved it. It was a good movie. It's a movie I definitely want to see again. In fact, that was one of my criteria for picking movies. It was movies that I watched again and again and again. And that is not one I did. I only watched it once in the theater, but it is one I'm planning on seeing again. And the next ones I've seen numerous times. It warms my heart that you there's a Star Trek movie in your top five. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, it didn't get as high as some of the Star Wars movies. That, that's okay. It's that's still top five. <laughs> okay. Uh, still there. Still there. Uh, fourth movie. This is a movie I have not watched in a little bit here, but it's one that when I first watched it, it amazed me. And I went back and I rewatched it. I used to teach part of it in my classes. And it was Contact, of course, uh, built off the book by Carl Sagan, Contact. And uh, some great casting. Jodie Foster, Matthew McConaughey was in that one. Um, oh, there's some other big-named actors. Oh, one of the guys that you think's evil, and he's done some great stuff. I can't remember the actor's name. I should have it on IMDb. But the guy that played the guy that kind of funds the entire project behind the scenes, it was an amazing movie. Um, and... The humanness. Again, we were talking about Independence Day and how humans react when we get a message from, like when people come. A message comes from space. Did you see Contact? No. Okay, but a message comes from space and you get all sorts of reactions from people. You get, you get the big, you know, you know, you know, you know, everyone's, you know, this is a message from God and you get other people, you know, 
talk show host making fun of it. And then you get the next people that are like saying, this is from the devil. You know, whatever it is, there's just a thousand and one reactions to the, mm-hmm. the this message from space. And I loved it. It was just a great movie. And it's time. Number three, and I'm surprised this was not higher for me, but the Lord of the Ring trilogy. Now, I realize that a lot of people have said they go back to these movies, and after seeing them once, they don't go back to them again. But this is, I put it as a trilogy. We were talking about this because we tried to avoid putting trilogies and stuff like that on our list. But this really works, like the books, really read as one novel. Like, you could have watched all these movies back-to-back. In fact, we were just talking last week with The Hobbit News about how they, ha- they were showing these in the IMAX in England back-to-back, and Ian McKellen kind of spilled news about The Hobbit. These movies really flow as one movie. Like, if you stop the one movie, you pick up the next one, it just works. And I loved these movies. It was such a great interpretation of Tolkien's world. Mm. Um, a huge Tolkien fan. I've read the books. Man, I've read the books eight or nine times. Man. So... So I've seen the movies, yes, and so I've seen the movies probably three, Uh maybe four, Uh the whole whole way through. (laughs) So it's they were good movies. They they just well the great casting, um, some small areas I may have made some different choices, but hey, Peter Jackson did a great job. And to put, I mean, not I mean Tolkien's writings. I mean, one book is a very, it's got a lot of content. To shrink the content into a three-hour movie is not an easy task. Right. And to do it justice that majority of the fans said, oh, yeah, we like this adaptation. I mean, you really run the risk when you do something like this of not doing it right. Right, and offending the, the long-time token fans. Yeah. It's kind of when they put out Star Trek Eleven. Same thing. They, were, mm-hmm. they had so much fandom they had to really deal with. Yep. And that's, you had the same thing. Number two on my list is, of course, a Star Trek movie. <laughs> Star Trek, Star Wars movie. I'm on Star Trek yet. <laughs> two Star Trek. No, Star Wars, and it, of course, is the one that Miles had on his list. Empire Strikes Back, probably the most phenomenal of the Star Wars movies. I like them all. I'm I, Again, I like the, what, septology, 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 what do they call it, when the sex, sextology, whatever it is. Uh, the two trilogies of Star Wars I liked, <laughs> and I've enjoyed overall, and I've watched them a couple times. The Empire Strikes Back, there are a couple defining moments for that. In fact, the next two movies actually have defining moments. The part in The Empire Strikes Back that I really enjoyed is when they're on Hoth and they're and you know the Empire's coming. And but you can't see and they're looking through the binoculars and kind of adjusting them and you hear this thud, thud, thud coming mm-hmm. towards you. And all of a sudden you see for the very first time the snow walkers. Holy it was just great. It was one of those chilling moments that you said, oh, man, the <laughs> rebellions and doo-doo. It is not is good. Not good <laughs> do you guys remember that moment? I do, yeah. I, I actually do. Yeah, it's, just, I, I can... it's one of those moments that you just knew that something ominous this way comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very, very, very cool. So that's number two. Number th- number one, and I don't know about this being one, but it's if I put it by the number of times I've watched this movie, it needs to be number one for me. And it was The Matrix, number one, the very first movie. There were so many things about that movie, the way it was filmed, the music, the way they did the, st- the, 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 the animation where they, someone would leap up and they'd swirl around them. You know, the very first moment you know this movie is going to be something is when, they, when the, with the, you know, the 1990s policemen break in and see Trinity you know, sitting there at a desk. She gets up and they come in and she leaps and it freezes, and they circle pan the camera around her. Yeah. You're like, not only is 
man, she's hot. But then you're also looking at it saying, <laughs> whoa, that's never been done before. And then they do the bullet animation. and uh, They really broke new ground with that movie. It was an incredible, for its time, when that came out, what, late 90s? Yeah. When that came out, it was a ground, earth-shattering movie. And I did not see that in theaters. I saw that in DVD. But it was also one of the first movies in DVD to really get DVDs going. It was one of, it just, yeah. everyone had The Matrix. And when you watched it, the sound was great on surround sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and the picture was great. And just the entire, the entire cast was good. It was it was a good movie. And probably the first one was the best out of all. It was, and you know what? I enjoyed all three. I would put the trilogy down certainly as one of the movies, oh. but it is one of my favorite movies. But definitely number one would be the top one. Mm-hmm. It was just the lobby scene, an incredible scene when they walk in there. Yeah, I just you know, shoot it up, <laughs> right? And um, and really some good thoughts if you want to take it more of a philosophical depth as to when do we push machines too far. As society. It asked a lot of interesting questions. It did. All three movies did. I mean, you want to get into some really good books. There's books out there on philosophy and the Matrix. Holy Hannah, you can delve into the depth of the Matrix more than you ever want to know. Mm -hmm. But it was great. Reminds me a little bit of Battlestar in the ending of how far do you push ourselves with machines? I mean, that's really one of the messages of Battlestar, too. Right. So there you have it. Those are our top five movies. Well, uh want to invite you who have been listening to us, if you have your top five, we would love to hear your top five movies. If we get too many of these coming in, we may have to play them over the series of the next couple of shows. But we want to hear what you believe your top five movies are and the reasons for them. And you can call in, and we will play them on the show. Call the listener line at 1-888-508-4343. And you can also email them to us, and we'll read them on the show, um, at uh, scifidinerpodcast at gmail.com. And you can also, you know, forward those on Twitter. We did have one come in already, and uh, but I will save them till next week when we get maybe a few more, and we'll do them maybe more as a bunch. So we do want to hear from you. So please, 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 you could also just post them right after the show notes if you visit the sci-fi dinercom okay. So that's uh, that's it for that for now. We're going to go into a really awesome interview right after we hear from our friends that are doing the Babylon the Babylon Five podcast. If you go to Zahatun, you will die. If you go to www.babylonpodcast.com, you will find the only podcast dedicated to Babylon 5. You will hear in-depth commentary, insightful interviews, and unexpected surprises. The Babylon Podcast, our last best hope for B5 fans. Great interview lined up for you now. Jonathan Sheck. I believe that's the way you pronounce his yep. name, right? Jonathan Sheck, and he's done some really notable movies. Right. Uh, probably best known for that movie with Tom, with Tom Hanks, uh, That Thing You Do. And that was a good movie. Did you see it? I did not see that. Yeah, it's great. Great Chick Flick movie. You guys need a Chick Flick um, movie? But Liv Tyler's in it also. Yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, it was good. It was well done. And Tom Hanks, of course, is in it. And so mm-hmm. on as one of the executive producers. But it was like a one-hit wonder. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so that was it. Um, he was in the Houdini, uh, which I it's on my Netflix. Have not seen it yet, but I want to see it. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the genre work, of course, is in for quarantine. He's a writer in horror and especially loves horror. He writes, 
produces, directs, acts in horror films like Quarantine, which has a sci-fi bent to it, but it's probably some horror in there as well. Yeah, so if you're sci-fi horror fans, you'll, you'll, you'll appreciate this video. Yeah, kind of the zombie apocalypse type stuff. But yeah, very cool. All right, well, without further ado, here's Jonathan Shep. Ready? Okay. Hi, I'm Angela Vidal. We're in Los Angeles, traveling along with the fire department. Is that so bad? These are the men you'll be shadowing tonight. Wherever they go, you go too. Police are here. It might be a little more serious than we thought. A woman was screaming bloody murder that there. Fire department's about uh, to begin the rescue process. Police say that she lives alone. She's not very social. Okay, okay. No, We're gonna get you some medical help, okay? Jonathan and uh, Jonathan, how do you pronounce your last name? Shrek? Shrek. It's Shrek. like Shrek without the R in right, the Right, right, right. Shrek. Very, very, very cool. So tell us a little bit about uh, some of the stuff you've done. As far, I mean, we're at a sci-fi convention. What sort of put you here at a sci-fi convention? Well, they got me here because I did a lot, I've done a lot of horror. A lot of the horror. The more of the horror genre. I was in a movie called Prom Night last okay. year in quarantine. I wrote for the Masters of Horror series and Fear Itself on NBC. Okay. Um, adapted two King novels, one we're making in the fall. Okay. So I, King kind of falls in the sci-fi world, but more in the horror world. Um, and I've, I made films like, you know, films like Houdini, which not necessarily sci-fi, but there's, it kind of blends into the whole world. Right. Magic does. Um, and so they invited me out. I'm also from Maryland. No, that, that helps. Yeah, that so helps. you're like coming home. I'm coming home. Yeah. This is a come home thing. And my sister's with me. We just had lunch. So oh, it's like man. a mini vacation for me. Now, where do you live now? I live in Los Angeles. You live in LA. I have a house up in the hills. All right. Yeah. Uh, and, and where are you from in Maryland, though? I'm from Edgewood, Maryland. Edgewood. Edgewood? Edgewood. Okay, very good. Well, I'm familiar with it because it's around, is it like a suburb of Baltimore? It's uh, Hartford County. So you have Edgewood, Bel Air, Aberdeen, Abbey Grace. Areas like that. Okay, there we go. Okay, well, 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 that's very cool. We're like an hour north, Lancaster County. Yeah. Amish country for us. Yeah, sure. That is very close. Uh, so, not, not bad at all. 
uh, well, tell us a little bit. I mean, I'm familiar with your work because of uh, th that thing you do. Did you really have to sing for that? I sang my ass off for that, but you never hear my voice. <laughs> Mike Viola sang. Yeah, so I sang. But you, it's, it's a long joke, but you know that they. I was an untrained singer. I did train to sing for the part, but to rely on my voice for the entire movie to work off of, it was a little bit too much for the producers as well as Tom. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they got a guy named Mike Viola to actually sing. But the truth is I sang in every take. And we would use playback to keep everything, everyone on track. And then Tom, sometimes if he wanted to, to get a good laugh, he would turn down the playback, and then you would hear me sing. <laughs> and I'd look over, and he'd be on his he'd be laughing. I'd be like, oh, no, you doing that thing you do. <laughs> yeah. So what, um, you've done a lot of horror, and you're known maybe a little bit more in the sci-fi world for your horror. What draws you to horror versus uh, romantic comedy? Well, my partner is a leading independent publisher of horror and sci-fi in the country. His name is Richard Chismar. His company is called Cemetery Dance. Okay. But uh, we are involved mostly in that certain genre because of him more than anything. Okay, so it's your connection to him. Yeah. I did a film called The Forsaken, and then we decided to make films together. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. So are, are most of the movies you do with him? Well, uh, this film, The Poker Club, was our first film that we did through our company called Chesapeake Films. Okay. Uh, Sony picked it up. It came out this year. Um, well, we plan on making a lot of our films with, uh, through Chesapeake. You know, it's a tough economy right now, so it's, <laughs> well, it it's hard to make movies, man. It is, it is, it is. Um, wow, okay. Is there something in particular, other than your connection, is there something that you enjoy about playing a character in a horror film? Or, um, or how is it, maybe the question is, how does it differ from playing a character there than a character like in that thing you do? I, I think that... Uh, horror is like uh, the only form of tragedy that we actually make. Shakespeare's tragedies don't get made in the movies. Right. But most horror films are tragedies. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, people want to judge it as just a horror film, but really it's just a real horrible, tragic event that takes right. place that really rips your heart out. You know? Right. Maybe someone's scaring the shit at the same time. Right. The emotions are really usually high in a horror film. Well, and the reason it scares you is you connect to the character and they're axed or something yeah. like that. Right. If, you're, if you can relate to the situation like a Buddha. There's just the proof. So the, what's coming out for you in the upcoming movies? Uh, well, I'm a writer also, so I'm, I'm writing for Rick Dempsey right now. Okay. You know who Rick Dempsey is? Baltimore I, I, is Rick Dempsey. Okay, yes. Baltimore Orioles, 1983. Okay. MVP. Well, Rick has a great story. It's a true story. In 1963, he was in a Little League team. And the Little League team uh, traveled around and went to the finals of the Potent League World Series. Well, 13 cities they went to, 13 of those cities a bank was robbed. It turns out their their coach was robbing a bank in each one of those cities. Wow, that's a true story. True story. <laughs> <laughs> so you're writing a script. Is this for a movie? TV? Yeah, it's going to be made by Sony Happy Madison Productions. Adam Sandler's company. And uh, name for it yet? The Rick Dempsey Project. Yeah, for, 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 that's what it is for now. For now, for now. Will you be in it? I don't know. You know, I just want to write it. Okay. <laughs> right, right. So you have a passion not just for acting, but also for the whole... Yeah, I consider writing. myself a movie maker. 
you know, same thing with Clifton. He's really just a filmmaker. Okay, a filmmaker. Yeah, he just won Best Director for a Country Music Video Award. Country Music? Yeah, for wow. the Zach Brown Band's uh, Chicken Fry. Oh, cool. Yeah, CMT Award. Awesome. Uh, well, very cool. And uh, as far as anything upcoming for horror for you? Um, well, I got a lot of things. That nothing, nothing that I can report. Oh, from okay. Bill Gate, hopefully we made this fall. This Stephen King's album. Right. Well, we're kind of in. We don't know exactly how it's going to go down because it's, it's a high budget. And the um, yeah, the comedy's not helping that, is it? No. <laughs> Now, are you, are you still acting a lot and uh, doing that in spite of the economy? Yeah, I do all, I do everything, but um, I just haven't seen anything that I really want to do. Now, you mentioned that the horror is based on Shakespeare. I wanted to ask you about this earlier before you got on the, the poker tangent. Um, do you have a, are you trained in a Shakespeare background? No, I'm not trained in Shakespeare at all. I, mean, I just studied it. I went to Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts and studied there. My very first film was for Franco Zeffirelli. And he put me at the, at the Academy in England to learn an accent and well as body posture and all that kind of stuff. Cause what what uh, what film was that for really, was it? It was called The Story of the Caponera. The Story of the Sparrow. Okay. Now, was it done in Italian then? No. No, I did it with a bunch of English actors. Like, okay. you know, trained actors. <laughs> Vanessa Redgrave. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's kind of it's my first cool. movie. A kid from Baltimore goes out there and does a Franco Zeffirelli movie. I know. So odd. How, how old were you when that happened? Um, I think I was 23 years old. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for taking some time to sit sure. down with us and talk about your movies and your career a little bit. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I definitely am going to be putting Houdini. Is it out in DVD yet? Yes, it, it is. is. So I, I know could, it's a blockbuster. So I've got to Netflix it or something like that. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thanks a lot. Right. You got it. Thanks so much for listening to the show. We hope you enjoyed our interview with Jonathan Shack, Shack the Gambler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just he did a gambling movie. That's the other thing that he did. And he, he he's a um, professional poker player. Yeah, from what I understand. Yep, that's what I, that's what I understand. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, uh, we encourage you uh, as we kind of wrap up here to visit our website at the sci-fi-diner.com and that website of course will take you to the show notes which will give you much more information on the news and the things that we are talking about in the show and uh, you can see video clips trailers links to news items there's so much crap there it's incredible it's really good so you got to check that out in fact we want your thoughts as well on what we're discussing so please leave a comment while you're visiting the show notes let us know what you think about what we're talking about about the news items and enjoy Become part of our conversation. We'll be happy to share that on the show as well. Uh, if you're a podcaster, we would love your promos, especially your sci-fi promos, and uh, we'll play them on the show as you heard tonight. You know, and if you have a chance, please check out the Aussie Geek Podcast and the Babylon Five Podcast. Both excellent podcasts and very well done. You of course can follow us on Twitter. We now have our own Twitter, the Sci-Fi Diner, uh, at I guess what Twitter.com/slash Sci-Fi Diner. And uh, you can follow my personal Twitter, Herzog, H-E-R-T-Z-O-G. And? I, I am Son of War for Twitter. 
Yep, and you have a Twitter, Tom. Do, yeah, you, do you know what it is anymore? Uh, yeah, it's Tom71180. Uh, last time I used it, mm, three or four months ago. Yeah, yeah. every once in a while, Tom will pop on, and uh, it's like, whoa, Tom's alive. So say hi to Tom. Yep, yeah, on Twitter. So well, that's yeah. He, yeah, or not. You can. You know, he probably won't get it for another four months, but, you know, whatever. Uh, you can always visit our store, and some of the, uh, well, I know that definitely Star Trek Eleven is going to be up there. Terminator Salvation will have those DVDs available for pre-order. You can save money. MySciFiStore.com. Don't forget, we gave that trivia question about where I was 13 and Artie with yes. uh, the prize of the Justice League. If you want to prove your geek cred, Answer come on. Question. I dare you to. Answer that trivia question. Wow. Answer answer it. <laughs> All right. You can also email us at SciFiDinerPodcast at gmail.com and uh, call us at one 888 508-1888-508-4343. I always doubt myself when I do the eights. It's a lot of numbers. It is. It is. Anyways, that's it. We'll see you next week. This is Scott Herzog signing off. Until then, good night and good luck. Later. <laughs>